Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Creekwood is growing and we are so excited about the Future West Campus. If you're interested in learning more about the building project, visit creekwoodchurch.com beyond or click the Beyond button on the Creekwood Church app. We hope this message inspires and encourages your faith. We are in our second week of our series that we are calling Beyond Ourselves, Living Beyond Ourselves. And we're looking at an Old Testament story uh, called Nehemiah, but it's about a guy named Nehemiah. So it's a book called Nehemiah about a guy named Nehemiah. Um, got a little tongue-tied there a second. But um, to start off, I want to do the same thing we did last week, and I want to ask you to stand real quick. I know you've been standing a little bit, and stand back up real quick, and um, Y'all got to sleep in, you're here at the 11 o'clock service, you're feeling good, right? We're going to do a declaration again today, and I want you to help me out, and let's not do it like we're doing the Pledge of Allegiance. I need y'all really, like, really strong. Let's do this together. I declare, I believe that God created me to do something that matters. I will not be passive or indifferent. God, I'm open to what your spirit would say to me. I know, God, you will speak to me very directly and give me faith to step out and do something that is beyond myself. I will put actions behind my faith. I will demonstrate my faith by taking bold steps to move towards what God has put in my heart. My faith will not be hidden. It will be seen. I know when God sees my faith, he will show up and do amazing things. This is my declaration. Amen, amen. Well, you may may be seated. You know, when we do this declaration, I want you to know that this is a faith-building affirmation for all of us, that we're just building up our faith and understanding that God has called all of us to live beyond ourselves. If you have your Bibles and you want to turn to Nehemiah chapter 2, we're going to be starting off in chapter 2 and kind of picking up where we were at last weekend. And if you were not here last weekend, just to kind of give you an update real quick and bring you up to speed, Nehemiah is a, a guy that is a cupbearer. What is a cupbearer? A cupbearer is somebody that is protecting the king. He is keeping the king from being poisoned. So he has a really important job. And that time, the way they got rid of a king is they poisoned him. So he's, he, he's got this job and he works every day, tastes tasting all the food and, and drinking whatever the, the king is going to drink. And so he has this routine that he's going through every day that he has to do. And he's a thousand miles away from his homeland. And one normal day that he's just going about his business, a, a group of his friends show up and they share with him about what's going on back in Jerusalem in his homeland and he hears about it and they tell him the walls still have not been built and it's been 150 years since the walls have been built and they're, they're just in ruins and, and it's, the, the walls have been demolished, the people have no, the, have no security, there's no safety, it's just a mess and it, it, it breaks his heart. We talked about this last weekend that it breaks his heart to such an extent when he hears about what's going on that he breaks down and he starts to cry. It's something that he feels in his soul. It's deep inside of him that it's like, man, 
for days in his soul, he's in agony. He's, he's so sad. And we started with that. One of the reasons why we started talking about that last weekend and really highlighting that as, as a part of a, a key part of his life is that we live in a culture that is really good at pointing out what's wrong with everybody. We are a group of people in our culture today in America that we are great at acknowledging what's wrong with everybody else. Just get on Facebook. Everybody's got an opinion about everybody else. Everybody's got a rant about somebody. Everybody's angry about something, but very few people are doing anything about it. Everybody's got an opinion. Everybody can say, man, I, I, I'm like, I'm burdened for the next generation or these students or kids or you're like, man, single parents or, or parents with special needs kids. You, you, you can go on and on and on and on. There's a big difference between acknowledging something and letting the pain inside of your soul. And this is what's happening to Nehemiah. The pain has gotten on the inside of him. And he serves a king, just so you know, that this king, during those days, it was not easy to serve a king. In fact, when you went before the king, you had to be in a good mood. Kid, all the students in here, you know what I'm talking about. If you want to get something from your parents, don't you like ask them first, are you in a good mood or a bad mood? <laughs> and this king had actually decreed years ago that the wall, walls of Jerusalem should never be built back. This is an important fact that he had decreed this. Nehemiah is broken. He is burdened. And the Bible tells us in verse two, I was very much afraid. So I prayed to the God of heaven. Now you need to understand something that he, he actually prayed for four months about what he was feeling in his heart. And I think that's really important when you talk about preparing ourselves for what God wants to do in our life. Too many times we see something that bothers us and we're real quick to, to kind of run and go do something and, and then it fizzles out real quick. We get a great idea, man, I'm gonna go start a, a, a something, I'm gonna feed the homeless and then you go do it one Saturday and then you've never done it again. And, and it's not that we're bad people, it's just that we get distracted and we get preoccupied with a lot of stuff. And I think it's important to pause. It's important to prepare ourselves for what God is starting to put inside of our heart. And this is why we are doing this prepare night tomorrow night. And I'm asking you as your pastor, I need everybody there. I need you there. God has blessed us with 108 acres. I said, God's blessed us with 108 acres. This is a big deal. There is a lot at stake. It is a beautiful place, but listen to me. The miracle is not the land. The miracle is the people that are gonna be changed on that land. And we are all going to be called to live beyond ourselves in the future. 
for what God, God has a God-sized dream and a vision for this city and for what God wants to do through our lives. And this prepare night is probably one of the most important prepare nights that we've ever done. We're going to seek God and we're going to worship, but, but more importantly, we're going to just go out there and pray. It's not going to be long, but we're going to go out there and we're going to seek God. And this is what Nehemiah is doing. He's praying, he's seeking God because what he's about to do could possibly cost him his life. Because again, the king has decreed the walls should not be be torn down. So he's going to go before the king and ask him, can I have permission to go? I want to go build the walls. I want to go a thousand miles back to my homeland and I want to go build these walls. He has, again, this, this God-sized vision. And it, to me, it's, again, this, I'm going to kind of be jumping in and out of these different verses and talking about it, but it's crazy to me to think that he's actually going to go ask the king for help in building the walls because the walls have been torn down for 150 years and the king has said it's, he's decreed that it should not happen. See, I think that there's a lot of you here today. You're facing the same thing in your own life. Maybe your family has been passed down to you, a history or a legacy. And what's been handed down to you is the legacy of broken marriages, broken homes, Maybe it's the legacy of, you know what, um, your kids, that you, you just look at your kids and you're thinking, uh, man, there, there's no hope for my kids. Maybe you look at your finances and you say, the legacy of our family has always been, we're always in debt. We've never had extra resources. We've never been able to, to actually do anything. And you see this and it's whether it's your kids or whether it's the legacy that has been passed down to you. And, but there's something that, that, that has bothered you enough to say it's in front of me. And I want to tell you, it's a God-sized vision that God's given you. This is the way God speaks to us. It's the way God begins to break us out of living just for ourselves. See, the greatest danger in your life that you're facing today is you're going to live your life for yourself. It's a dangerous, slippery slope to even when you think materialistically. And I listen, I, I want to tell you something about myself. I cannot drive by a garage sale. <laughs> Ask my wife. We can be in a hurry somewhere, and I'm like, babe, a garage sale. But what goes to another level for me, like I get giddy, is to go to an estate sale. <laughs> Yesterday, we were in a hurry. I saw an estate sale sign, and I, fall, I tracked it down. It was way back there. And it was a big old barn. They had two old Ford trucks out there. And I went in there and my wife's like, I'm not getting out of the car. You go look. <laughs> I'm like, babe, I thought we were married. Like this supposed to be together. <laughs> I'm walking around this, this barn and this guy, the family, the 
I was talking to one of the guys that was selling stuff. He's like, yeah. I'm like, man, this pe these people had a lot of stuff. They had three or four things of everything. I mean, it was like so much stuff and everywhere. And it's easy to kind of just, listen, I'm sure there were wonderful people, but listen to me, a lot of us, what we're doing is we're living for ourselves. And God's calling you to live beyond yourself. So that means God is going to put something in your heart that is going to seem impossible. It's going to be a, a God-sized vision. He's going to put a God-sized vision for your kids. He's going to put a God-sized vision maybe for family members that you are like, you know what? I don't know how this is going to happen, but my kids are going to grow up in church. My kids are going to be godly. I don't know how this is going to happen. Our marriage seems like it is on the rocks, but I am determined with the help of God. I have this God-sized vision to live beyond myself and break this cycle. It says he was afraid, and I prayed to the God of heaven. Verse, verses 2 through 5, it says, I said to the king, if it pleases the king, and if your servant has found favor in your sight, then you send me to Judah, to the city of my father's graves, that I may rebuild it. He's so bold about this. He goes straight to the king, and he says, can I, can I go do this? Verse 6, then the king, with a queen sitting beside him, asked him, how long will your journey take and when will you get back? If it pleases the king to send me, so I, it pleased the king to send me, so I set a time. Now, if it was me and I had walked in and I knew there was a chance I was gonna lose my life and the king just said, hey, why don't you go? I would have ran out the door. You know what this tells me is that God, God's the one that changes people's hearts. God's the one that works in, in ways. And you think about this other fact that he's a thousand miles away. It looks like, you know what, the God-sized vision that he has is going backwards because he's like, I'm over here working and serving and I got this vision to go do this and why, why do I have this job and why am I so far? And it seems like he's, it's going the opposite direction, but in fact, it's God working behind the scenes to set him up. And I want to say this to you that could it be maybe the job you have, the resources that some of you listen to me, you're making more money than you've ever made before in your life. Some of you with your business, some of you with a job that you have, whatever it is, some of you are working jobs that you're bored out of your mind and you're wondering why you're there. And I would tell you, maybe God's working behind the scenes, putting you in a place that he wants you to be that he's connecting you with people that you need to be connected to because this is all part of God's big plan for your life to live beyond yourself. And I'm just gonna kind of warn you today. I'm a little like, this is hard for me to do this as your pastor, but sometimes we all need somebody to get up in our grill. I love you enough to know that the date of your death is coming. And you have to live your life for the right things and, and the right purpose and the God-sized vision that God has put in your heart. If you'll just listen and you'll just open your eyes, there's a, there is a God-sized vision around you. 
God set us free from thinking that the greatest success of my life is to get a new truck. God set me free from getting another a boat or whatever. Listen, I love all that stuff. I don't have a boat. My wife won't let me ever get a boat. I don't have a truck. My wife won't let me have a truck because she said it costs too much to gas it up. Those are all good stuff. But God deliver us from thinking that's success. I think success has to be rephrased, reframed in our life. Success in my life is being obedient to God. It's being obedient to God. And he, he goes before and he says, can I build it? And listen, I would have ran out, but listen to this. This is a man on a mission. Verse seven, I also said to him, if it pleases the king, may I have letters to the governors of trans-Euphrates so that they will provide safe conduct until I arrive in Judah. He's like, and when I go out here, I want an entourage and I want some letters. And, and may I have a letter to Asaph, keeper of the royal park, so he will give me timber to make beams for the gates of the citadel. Can I have the Home Depot or Lowe's card? <laughs> and for the city wall and for the residency I will occupy. And because the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted my request. And because the gracious hand of my God was on me, the king granted my request. And because the gracious hand of God was on me, the king granted my request. Listen to me. The gracious hand of God is on your life. The favor of God is on your life. God is going to position you and put you in places for you to be able to change people's lives. They're family members, there are relatives that need you to push beyond yourself and get out of your own world and say, I care enough about, I care about people. See, a God-sized vision, again, I, I think it's so easy to, to let the voices, and you can imagine Nehemiah, he's a human being. He had a lot of voices going on in his head, telling him a lot of stuff. The king's, king's going to kill you. You're going to get fired. He's not going to give you anything. You're going to be the only one. And don't you think it's a little odd, too, that the people that are actually living in Jerusalem aren't doing anything about the wall? They're not building him. He's the only one that God has spoken to him about it. And you know, some of you right now, the voices in your head are, are, are pretty brutal because God's given you a vision for your kids. And the voice that you're hearing is, she'll never come home. He'll never change. That kid is too far gone. You'll never have what it takes to make it. You know, those aren't the words of God in your life. Those are the words of the enemy in your life. This is why you got to be prepared. There's something inside of you that, that's got to be prepared because you will, if you want to write this down, 
Faith always encounters resistance. See, this is always about trust. It's always been about trusting God. And this is the battle that goes on inside of our life. And, and this is why preparation is important. Um, have you ever gone somewhere and you weren't prepared for where you were going? This happened to me and this happens to me a lot. Um, uh, my wife is laughing a little too hard. Like, you know, there's a big difference in the way people pack, like packers. Like when you pack to go on a trip, some people are really organized and they make little piles uh, of stacks and they fold their clothes perfectly. How many of you are like that? You are so organized about how you pack to go on a trip. Raise your hand. Okay, we don't like y'all right now, but anyways. <laughs> like, it's annoying. My wife's that way. She starts early. Like, I mean, it's, she's meticulous about how she packs her suitcase. And this summer, we, we celebrated 30 years of marriage, and we were going on this trip. Um, and, and what was really cool was we were going to stay in a place that had a golf course, so I was going to get to play golf, and I was excited. I was like, honestly, I had brought my golf clubs inside the house. I was looking at it. I was like, man, I was excited. And but the way I pack is I start a little pile. Any pile people here? I just start throwing, I'll go by and I'll, I'll throw my little, my clothes in there and I'll start a pile and I get a big old pile and I, I pick them all up and I stick it in the bag. I know some of y'all are like, I don't think I wanna be going to this church anymore. It's just like, I just throw it in there and I like sit on there, close it up and we're ready to go. I got to the hotel and, and we're like getting ready. We're going to go out to dinner and, and I'm like super cool. I'm like getting my clothes out and I start to realize I forgot my underwear. <laughs> the only pair of underwear I had was the one that I had on. So the rest of the week, I just had to turn it inside out. I was like, no, no. <laughs> No, I went to the store and bought underwear. <laughs> no, but I wasn't prepared. And I think that a lot of us, again, our God-sized vision, we, we start to face resistance. And listen to me, resistance is a part of life. Resistance actually is a good thing. But you see this, Nehemiah begins to experience this in verse 19. It says, but when Sambal at the Hornite and the to Tobiah, the Ammonite servant, and Geshem, the Arab, heard of it, they jeered at us and despised us and said, what is this thing that you are doing? Are you rebelling against the king? And you can read on over and over. Verse Chapter four, verse one, it says, when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall, he became angry. And, and, and again, he's making fun of them. He's, he's like, the foxes aren't even going to be able to climb on that without it falling down. There's, there's all kinds of resistance. And um, you're, you're going to have resistance in your life. You know, the story of this church is resistance, resistance, resistance. And there has to be something about your trust in God and your faith in God that says resistance is a part of life, but I, I, I have a God-sized vision inside of me. 
In 2002, I was sitting in Houston, Texas. I was a youth pastor. God put it in my heart to go start a church, and I fought God on it. I, I was a youth pastor. I liked being a youth pastor. I did not want to speak in big church. <laughs> Every time my pastor asked me to speak, I would say, no, I did not like to. And, and I'm just being honest. I'm an introvert. It was a lot of work for me to be in front. It still is. I, in college, I couldn't pray in front of people. I, that's how much I feared being in front of people. But God put a vision, a God-sized vision in my heart that every time I would drive up to Arlington from Houston to see my mother-in-law, I could not drive through this city on 287 without feeling some tug in my heart for this city. I wish I could tell you that I was so smart and so slick that I did a bunch of research on the future of Mansfield that I knew that it was going to be one of the fastest growing cities. I did not know that. I thought it was a little podunk town and I said, God, I'll go there. When we started in Rogin Worley, it wasn't fun to be a part of the, the church. There was a lot of resistance. The guy that operated the air conditioning was in another state, and most of the time he was asleep on Sunday mornings. It was burning up in that school. It was resistance, unloading the truck and loading the truck. Every Sunday morning was resistance. Listen to me. There's going to be resistance to anything you do for the, for the kingdom of God. The Sunday morning, one of the Sunday mornings, we went to get our sound system out of the storage building to load it up in the truck, and there was a special lock. You know, when you haven't, they think you haven't paid your bill, they put a special lock on your storage, and they locked up the, the sound system, and we needed to have church, and what did we do? We went to Lowe's or home, maybe Home Depot and got boat cutters. We cut the locks. There, there's going to be, we weren't calling nobody. We're cutting them because we knew we had paid it, but there's going to be resistance. One Sunday morning, my, my Bible, my clothes, everything, I was in shorts, uh, sweaty from unloading the truck, needing to change 15 minutes before service. The classroom locked itself and we couldn't get in there. It's resistance. When we're in the Mansfield High School, go inside the Mansfield cafeteria and see how gigantic it is. Setting up inside there, there was resistance inside. There was resistance. There was resistance when we didn't have the money to buy this property. Listen, there's gotta be something inside of you that understands that there is resistance and resistance is a part of life, but this resistance is a good thing for me because it is raising me up to be the leader and the person that I need to be. Resistance. See, resistance is good for our church right now. In the season that we're in, when God's preparing us to go and build this new campus, which is, it's not that far away. It's some people are like, how far is it? It's like six miles or seven miles away from here. It's, it's not far. And why would God give us these two campuses and all that stuff? And, and, and you think about our new kids building is going to be close to three times our entire complex, entire building, just the kids building. The whole, whole big new building is going to be over 70,000 square feet. It's, it's, it's a God-sized vision. 
And you know what, it'd be very easy for us to go, well, you know what, pastor, you know, like if you know me and you've been around me, I don't like to talk about money because I've always been turned, turned off by like churches or pastors that are always like every other weekend is money. There's a reason why the offering boxes are in the back. But I talk to you about money when it comes to the kingdom of God. When it comes to helping people, I'm going to talk to you and I'm going to get in your face about it. Because I love you enough to tell you this. But we could go to the bank and we could go try to borrow. We could figure out a way to get the bank to lend us the money and and we could get in debt like crazy and all all that kind of junk. We could do that. That would be the easy thing. And we could go build this big church over there and, and, and have a bunch of seats filled full of people with no leaders. Because the resistance that you experience right now is raising you up to be the leader that you need to be one day. See, God needs to raise us all. He's going to use all of us. Everybody gets real quiet when a pastor starts talking about money. But this isn't just about money. It's, it's about people's lives. See, there's resistance. But number two, faith fights back and presses on. Nehemiah chapter four, verse 14, it says, don't be afraid of them. Remember the Lord who is great and awesome and fight for your families, your sons and your daughters and your wives and your homes. Verse 16, it says, from that day on, half of my servants worked on construction and have held their spears, shields, bows, and coats of mail. And the leaders stood behind the whole house of Judah who were building on the wall. Those who carried burdens were loaded in such a way that each labored on the work with one hand and held his weapon with the other. And each of the builders had his sword strapped at his side while he built. That's somebody that's determined. And I'm going to just say this to you. It's, it's going to be a fight when you face your God-sized vision that God gives you. For you personally in your life and for us as a church. And you think about what the power of that resistance is in your life and, and how even when, you, like, I don't know anybody in here go to the gym once in a while. There's, there's a couple buff people in here. You can tell you go to the gym, uh, but the average person doesn't go that much. But you know, once in a while you decide you're going to go to the gym and you go in there and it's kind of intimidating, right? There's some big old guy in there that ate a chicken for breakfast. <laughs> he's, sl- he's lathered up with oil and he's picking up the biggest weights and I, you know, I'm walking in there and I'm looking, oh my word, I could never pick that up. And I'm over there grabbing the women's running weights. <laughs> Y'all tell I don't go to the gym that much, huh? But you know, God's gonna call you to lift up those big weights. But you gotta go through the resistance of training yourself and raising yourself up to become stronger. And I, I'm just, I love you enough, like I said, to, to tell you that I got to get in your grill because there's too much at stake. 
People standing in the parking lot working, they have a God-sized vision to, to stand in the heat and stand in the cold, stand in the rain. They have a God-sized vision. The greeters in this church, the, the people wiping your kid's butt. It's a God-sized vision because that's what, the only way most people do it. We're not babysitting your kids, we're teaching them. People that are working with our students, it's a God-sized vision. You making a commitment to sacrificially give towards this campus to say, you know what? People have sacrificially given for me to be in this seat, for my kids to have what they have. I, I, I have this God-sized vision. See, listen to me. When God gives you that God-sized vision, all of a sudden, nothing else matters. It's crazy to think that Nehemiah, one man, had such an experience in his life that he was willing to say, you know what, my little comfort of sitting up, kicking back, posting selfies of myself, hanging out with a king, drinking his wine, watching his TV, that doesn't mean anything there's something inside of me. You know, we had this really neat thing happen this week that I wanted to share with you. There's a couple in our church that due to health reasons, they've not been able to, to attend in person. And, and um, they were having a discussion as a couple and as a family about possibly buying a lot for at the lake. They're gonna buy this lot at the lake. And the husband told the wife, why, why don't we go to church this weekend? And they, they showed up last weekend. And I don't know what God said to them, but God gave them a God-sized vision to say the next generation is more important than a late lock. And they showed up to the church with $50,000. I stood in my office and I cried when I was hearing the story. Because I said, God, help all of us to have that kind of God's size vision. But listen to me, don't make this about money. Money's, yes, we have, we, we all need to listen to God, but God help us if we go build some incredible church over there and we don't have the leadership, we don't have the life group leaders, we don't have the people that, that need to step up and, and, and lead groups to take care of people that come. What haunts me as your pastor is that God sends people and he expects us to take care of them. I know some of you are gonna be offended by what I'm saying, but I'm not praying for more church people to show up here. If you tell me you go to another church, you're never gonna find me inviting you to come to Creekwood. You need to 
Commit yourself to that church. I'm praying God send the wildest bunch of people in this place. I'm praying God send all of your wild relatives. You know, it's gonna be messy. But when you have a God-sized vision and you begin to see God set people free, God change your life. Man, it makes you know, not one more day will I live for myself. God call me, God challenge me to live beyond myself in my life. God, I wanna be obedient to you. I believe in this room are the resources that we can pay cash for this building. I don't, listen, I'm not gonna shy away from that, but I'm just telling you, you need to listen to God. Do what God says to you. I wanna ask you to stand to your feet. You know, we believe so much in this. This is why we do, and you've heard our staff talk a lot about this. It's called Growth Track. And our Growth Track is this next Sunday morning. It's during church. And it's the place where you get started. Where you stop kicking the tires and you say, our family, we know that God's called us here we have a God-sized vision for what God wants to do in my family and through us. And we want to serve. We want to help. And you begin to go through this step. And it's, it's, it's a great, great class to just kind of begin to kind of open up your eyes to how God can use you. And God, God can do some great things in your life. And, and I want to encourage you to sign up for that. You can go online. We need to know that you're coming. But I also want to just, before we pray, to dismiss us. Our, our prayer team is going to be down here at the front. If, Man, whatever you're going through in your life, I, it doesn't matter what it is. You need prayer today, our prayer team is going to be down here at the front. But I want to ask you to bow your heads for just a few moments and let me pray for you. Father, I thank you, God, that you call us. God, that you speak to us about... God-sized visions that we can't do on our own, that we can't do it within ourselves. But God, you press us to live beyond ourselves, God. God, I thank you that you place us in the places that we've been and you build the relationships that we have, God, the neighborhood that we live in, the friends that we have, God, to make a difference in their lives. God, you've gifted every single one of us with different gifts. God, we are uniquely made, God, Father, may we receive the, the God-sized vision, God-sized calling in our life. May we, God, seek you, God, and come out of this understanding. There's going to be resistance, but God, I am prepared to fight for this, God. Father, I, I pray that we as a church would stay focused, God, on the mission that you called us, and that is to reach the lost, Lord. Father, keep us from becoming a church that becomes political. God, focus us, keep us driven, God, to reach one more person for your kingdom. 
God, give us a brokenness for people, God. God, remove all the judgmental self-righteousness out of our hearts and may we, oh God, God, embrace this world with the greatest news that they've ever heard, God. Father, I thank you for this. God, go with us today. God, speak into our lives. I thank you for this. And everyone said, amen, amen. Thank you so much for coming today. God bless you. Have a great weekend. Thanks for listening. If you like the content of this podcast, you're gonna love our YouTube channel. Subscribe at youtube.com slash creekwoodchurch for video messages and full services uploaded weekly.